Cougs house. All right. The Houston Cougars are in the Big 12. Practices have started. All of that fun. But the conference continues to change its landscape. And we got Clayton tuned to the Cardinals to talk about. Let's jump on in. You are locked on Cougs. Your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Cougs, the daily podcast about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Ainsworth, here to break down all things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan or just a hater can step by, please be sure to subscribe down below. That way, lace the Cougs in your newsfeed each and every day. We appreciate you making Locked On Cougs your first listen of the day. Welcome back to YouTube channel. It's good to see you again. If you want a hat like the one I'm wearing, we're giving something away every 250 subscribers. And a hat like this is the one we're giving away at that point. So subscribe to help us get there. And be sure to like and comment on the videos to get yourself in the contest. If after hearing me talk very quickly about the Big 12 before jumping into a talk about Clayton Toon, you don't know what else to say. Tell us what kind of fruit you like in or on your pancake slash waffle slash crepe if, if you're fancy. All right. So today's episode, we are going to go very quickly through some Big 12 news because there is some Big 12 news as of the recording of this to talk about more on that in a second and the second and third segments are going to be with ask clancy of locked on cardinals the arizona cardinals who has made the argument to his fans that clayton toon should start and that excited me and so after getting a tip to go check that out he and i talked for a lot of time about clayton toon and the cardinals and the pros and cons of that so that's the last so that's the second and third segments. It's a very flowy conversation, so make, make sure you stay tuned for that. But first, we do need to talk about the Big 12 because as of the recording of this, some things are shifting and changing. Now, we know we get Kyle, uh, this year is Houston's version of the Big 12 with Cincinnati and BYU in Central Florida. And next year, right after, like, so 24-25, we lose UT Austin and Oklahoma. And we gain Colorado, so we're up to 13 in the Big 12. Trust me, it makes sense. But it sounds like there's momentum gaining. We've been talking about it following along very closely here to add even more schools from the Pac-12, if not more. Now, the big domino that has fallen is initially politicians in Arizona had agreed that Arizona and Arizona State could move separately. They did not have to be in the same conference, and there was a lot of momentum to get Arizona to the Big 12 because Arizona, could stay, Arizona State could stay behind. Um, Arizona's a great culture fit. It's a great program. It gets the Big 12 into a new state. Uh, and frankly, from an Arizona perspective, the Big 12 media deal seems to be far superior to what they just announced the Apple deal will be with the Pac-12. Uh, the Apple deal, I guess, theoretically could with a bunch of subscribers, like an in, you know, an inexplicable amount of increase in subscribers be a better deal financially, but it's hard to imagine that happens. So what we've got going here is Arizona said, well, we want to take more money. And it looks like that was leaning towards big 12. And then late Wednesday night, early Thursday morning, we have a uh, confirmation that it sounds like politicians in Arizona, because these are both state schools want U of a and ASU to work together more. Um, and to move together. And I think what they're hinting at there, and this is me reading to the lines, this is not reporting. I'm not a reporter. I am a reactor. But it sounds like what's happening there is a very real realization. Is that 
very real, that if Arizona goes to the Big 12 and a sea of teams go to the Big 12, the Pac-12 might fall apart. And if Arizona State, as a state school, a large state school, is left in the Pac-12 and things fall apart, what does that mean for Arizona State, right? Um, and so those politicians now say, whoa, whoa, if you're going to the Big 12, you need to take them with you. And that's new, uh, right? But I don't think it's a hindrance. And I, I'm reading things about how this could all change in the next, as of the recording of this, 24 to 36 hours, right? That the entire Pac-12 could be falling apart by Saturday. This episode's coming out on Friday. And so I'm sure you're like, Parker, that's like very soon. I think it is very soon. Um, now, in looking at that, it looks like Utah is also the same kind of change of heart. I'd That's, again, reading reportings of rumors and things like that. But Utah initially did not want to go with BYU. They wouldn't be their own separate thing. And now it's like, oh, man, wait a second. Right. Um, there are still split rumors on Oregon and Washington with Big 12 and Big 10. We'll see how things shake out with that. But I do think it's worth pointing out that these four corner schools Colorado already coming, Arizona, Arizona leaning that way. Now Arizona State and Utah are all looking at the Big 12. And in looking at the Big 12 and bringing in those football programs and that great Arizona basketball program and their new regions and time zones and things like that, right? Um, suddenly, what you're looking at is a giant 16-team Big 12 um, and a what was left of that six team pack 12, right? So the idea of the future of the pack 12 is, is probably gone at that point. While I feel somewhat bad for like Oregon state, who seems to be getting screwed here because people want Oregon, people want Washington because the big brands that those schools are Cal and Stanford are very content to stay pat because they're more, they, they seem to continue to say that academics are what they do, right? Not this football stuff that Oregon State is going to kind of left out, but I don't know that we're going to get them. Um, it's a long way to say that these sales are starting to get more holes in them for the Pac-12. And um, it looks like this could be done very, very quickly. But the big change is that Arizona State could be coming along with Arizona as opposed to other schools. Now, Oregon and Washington may still be in play. Things kind of seem to go back and forth there because the idea of getting into the Big Ten TV contract is messy. Um, the Big Ten, it sounds like the commissioner doesn't want to be the poacher, but they've already taken USC and UCLA, which kind of started this whole thing for the Pac-12. And that's that's kind of weird, too. So we'll be following that very, very closely. We'll be following Arizona and Arizona State and Utah very, very closely. Um, obviously, this episode is Friday. We don't typically put out episodes over the weekend. Um but if something major happens between really the time that this goes live at like midnight before Friday or um, something like that, uh, we may at least do like YouTube shorts and TikToks. We may do an impromptu 10 minute episode. Who who knows? So make sure you subscribe to the channel. Put the little hit the bell for alerts and dings and those kinds of things. You can follow me at Painsworth 512 P-A-I-N-S W-O-R-T-H at Twi uh, 512 at Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, anywhere you get sports content, you can find me there. I'm on Blue Sky. If you're on Blue Sky, I've only got a handful of followers there. It's a new platform, new platform still. Um, but let's let's be paying attention. And if we don't get a full-length episode out because it's the weekend, we'll get something short out on whatever the latest news is. 
And we'll come back, obviously, on Monday and talk about the first few days of football camp and whatever the latest in the Big 12 is. So make sure you hit subscribe and tune in for all of that. Now, I want to talk some about a Houston Cougar that just got a brand new job and maybe a starting job with the Arizona Cardinals. And I brought on Alex Clancy to talk about it, host of Lockdown Cardinals. But before we talk about that job, we need to talk about LinkedIn jobs because these days, every new hire, even if it's a quarterback, can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. Okay, a quarterback is obviously a high stakes wager, but you got me. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Uh, now, if you can find a Clayton Tune to come in when you have a Kyler Murray hurt and all that kind of stuff, we're going to tell you in a second why that's a great call. But regardless of what kind of position you're looking for, it's always a great call to head to LinkedIn Jobs because LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Alex Clancy here. Follow me on Twitter, Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. Uh, thanks for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen each and every day, free and available on all platforms. The man to my left, Parker Ainsworth, host of Locked On Cougs, everything Houston Cougars, is going to join me today. And we're going to do a pseudo crossover talking about the apple of my eye, at least for the first six weeks of the NFL season in Clayton Tune. And, you know, kind of discuss the nine years in college he spent. It seems like 10. <laughs> I mean, he was in college for a long time, but the Houston Cougars football program has bred some gunslingers. That's not really a term that I like to use, but Clayton Toon's a guy who threw 70 touchdowns in his last two years, a guy who you have to look at and be like, why did the Cardinals draft him in the fifth round? I kind of want to get some background on him. So first of all, Parker, thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm happy to be here and talk about Clayton. Um, we'll we'll talk a lot about uh, the state of Texas and quarterbacks, but I really like to, get to talk about Clayton with you for a second. I'm excited. Yeah, to get yeah. To absolutely. Yeah. So let's so let's kind of jump in here. You know, with a guy like him, and with the situation that we're going to talk about in the second segment, the Cardinals find themselves in at least for the first portion of the 2023 year. I want some background on who he is as a player, who he is as a leader, and who he's projected to be in the NFL because it's not you know, an original story that a late round quarterback actually plays meaningful games and, and has meaningful snaps in the NFL. So take the stage, tell Arizona Cardinals fans everything they need to know about Clayton too. Well, you mentioned as a leader and I, you know, uh, Dana Holgerson would point out a lot of different, uh, like hard to quantify things that Clayton Toon does in a locker room and that kind of stuff. Clayton Toon was a leader of the Houston Cougars for, you mentioned a long time. Um, he played, just a couple of games, but he actually got here in the fall of 2018. And um, then he gets the pandemic year and a red shirt here and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think the like thing that I, as he begins his career in the NFL, I think about his like beginning to his career in college and he wasn't supposed to be a starter in college. And I don't mean that pejoratively. He's six, two and a half. He, he was about 190 pounds at high school. You know, he's from the DFW area. Um, but this whole dear, I don't know if you remember and your fans may not Derek King was a like big time guy at Houston, an athletic quarterback, a run first guy. And then Derek King suddenly transfers, uh, 
kind of qualifies for a transfer midseason and transfers to Miami. There's a whole bunch of things to break down in that in a Derek King podcast. But basically, Houston gets left on an island with Clayton Toon, and Clayton Toon steps in and steps up right away. And it um, he since he got here, he's been you mentioned a gunslinger. Um, he threw for over five thousand yards. Um, where would I pull that up? Uh, sorry, over four thousand yards last season, thirty five hundred the year before, and he threw for over. What I was getting at is over ten thousand, almost twelve thousand yards in his time in college. Um, and that's a number that when you think about Houston quarterbacks that have done that, it's like the Case Keenums of the world, right? Like it's guys that had NFL careers. And that's particularly unique for, I, I guess, our program. But it also, I think, like when you think people talk about, like, oh, he played in the American Athletic Conference and he played these lower level schools and like they they won eight and five last year. Like individually, he performed at a very, very high level his senior season at Houston. Um, like they won eight and five, but, they scored 63 points against SMU and lost, right? Like, like that, that was not, a, that was not a Clayton tune. They scored 63 points in the college football game. Um, and so I look at Clayton as a, as a guy that was kind of a steal. I was surprised that when I looked at the NFL draft, you know, the guys like the Bryce Youngs and stuff like that at the top, um, I was kind of surprised that Clayton fell as far as he did on most quarterback lists. And I almost wondered, you know, obviously I was glad he came back for last season, but had he left the year before when Houston went 12 and two Houston beat Auburn in the Birmingham bowl. And uh, you know, like they played Cincinnati in the conference championship game and lost. That was the year that Cincinnati went to the college football playoff. Like would that have almost like helped his draft stock in a weird way to have gone when there was a little more hype, but I, I've talked for a long time. I like Clayton for a lot. If you can't tell, um, and we talk more about X and those commands, what he's good at, but, he had an interesting path to becoming the leader of the Houston Cougars. And then he was very good once he got there. It's such a double-edged sword, you know, with, with the type of school that Houston is where they're not a bottom dweller. They're not playing, you know, in the Mac or something like that, where you actually have to give, you know, that school's quarterback a look, you know, and it, it, it's, it's interesting with the numbers he put up. You mentioned Case Keenum, like he's the perfect guy that could come in and have, you know, other GMs be like, how did we not see this? And that's something where it's like all you've seen over the last couple of years is production. All you've seen is a guy who's a prototypical, you know, I guess lower high end of, you know, height and weight and things like that. If you told me two years from now that he was a starting quarterback in the NFL, I wouldn't be shocked. And that's kind of something where it's like all you need to do through the draft and what Monty Osford has done masterfully in his first year as GM with the Cardinals is draft guys who checked the boxes they needed to check in an effort to be drafted where they were or higher, but, you know, Clayton Tune, as you mentioned, could have gone in the second or third round next year, last year, if he came out. Now, leadership-wise, what he's like in the locker room, people liking him, he seems to have big smiles whenever he's around, whenever the camera's on him. So there's been a point of contention regarding leadership with the Arizona Cardinals, not just – not, and I'm not, I'm not pointing right at Kyler Murray. I mean um, – No, you follow him closer than I do. But when yeah. you say that, I think of video games. I'm sorry to chuckle. Like that when you yeah, say that, that's, that's what my mind jumps to as a person that doesn't follow him as closely. Yeah, and that's and that's a, that's something that. So with that, I mean, we're just gonna. So with that, like, <laughs> I'd much rather have a quarterback who plays video games and is out until four o'clock in the morning. You no, know, completely. Like, yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. Murray is just he's just a different cat, and he's he's an introvert, and we're we're starting to see him kind of blossom this offseason without the head coach over the last four years. So I think he's been holding him back severely. So. With Clayton Toon coming in, leadership is something that will get bonus points 
just because it's being graded on a curve and not just, I'm not talking about Kyle Murray. I'm just talking about the Arizona Cardinals needing more leaders, whether it be him holding a clipboard or him actually playing meaningful snaps early in the season. Where is he with the intangibles, the things that you mentioned can't be quantified or, or, you know, actually, actually a metric for him. Like tell me about him as a person. Yeah. So when you mentioned Kyler being an introvert, I would imagine that it's probably a good thing that Clayton is also not a boisterous person who's going to walk in the locker room and be yelling and hooping and hollering. He either gets excited. I mean, say he doesn't have like play with emotion or anything like that. You can see that when he plays, but he is not the like guy that's going to come in the locker room and be yelling and you know hyping up guys all the like out of the blue. And I think that that kind of probably pairs well with Kyler in the sense that like it won't be. It won't be like him stealing a spotlight that Kyler, right? Like, I don't think that that will happen. But I, I was saying throughout the season when his draft stock was being projected where it was that I could see Clayton Toon, not just because of the Case Keenum comparison, but being a, like, a, a, if you don't ever get a chance to start at that point, like a 15-year backup quarterback because mm-hmm. he is a good person. He's a charitable person. He does all kinds of good work off the field as well. But he's not going to like ruffle feathers. He's smart. He learned the offense. He'll come in right away. And like, if you need him to play, he will play. And we'll talk more about how he fits into that in a second. But he's not going to like, as a leader, he's going to be confident and firm, but he's not going to like, he's not going to say stuff in a press conference about like, I should be getting the dang ball more and like throw people off. Right. Like he's not, that's not, that's not Clayton. If anything, the complaint from some people in the Houston media, not necessarily myself, but some people was that Clayton didn't do enough talking, <laughs> didn't do enough trash talking and stuff like that. That's not him. Right. Um, he's a, a quiet kid from, he's from DFW. I think Carrollton is a small suburb that, you know, People said that Matt Stafford was from a small town in DFW. He, he was from Highland Park. It was like it's from the de- the heart, the center um, mm-hmm. of the of the population there. But he's he is the kind of guy that I think, as far as like working with media and being that kind of a leader, will just say the say the politician mundane answer because he doesn't want to ruffle feathers. Right. And then when it's time to play, he'll go play. And I think that that's why he gets to hold a clipboard for a while. Um. I, I hope you don't take my jokes about Kyler and video games no, too seriously. I, I that's just when you say leadership in the locker room, like because they have a new coach, like that's all I know about the leadership going on in the locker room there in Arizona. And I think it's a good thing that they pair together and Clayton again won't butt heads. You won't have people take because of their personalities going with Team Clayton or Team Kyler. I don't imagine. Yeah, and that's and that's kind of the thing. And not to say that that would ever actually be, you know, a heavyweight bout uh, where they would be in the same ring together. Would that be a conversation? But you know what? It's still kind of the offseason. We're talking camp. There's clips coming out of camp. Obviously, Clayton Toon, Michael Wilson, Clayton Toon, Hollywood Brown. Like, he looks poised in the pocket when, you know, they're on pads on, when they're going at half speed at times. But I kind of want to dive into the what if because I've talked about everything with this. If Kyler Murray comes back healthy whenever he does, he is QB1. It's just fun to talk about what if Clayton Toon balls out? What if Clayton Toon actually gets the opportunity to do so? Should he be starting week one regardless? You know my thoughts. I want to ask Parker Ainsworth of Locked on Cougs. Uh, His thoughts at Ainsworth 512 on Twitter. We're going to hit Clayton Toon as a pro next. Locked on Cardinals as we do a Locked on Cougs, Locked on Cardinals crossover here. All right, now, I don't know if the Arizona Cardinals are building a championship team yet. They may be one in the near future. Who knows? We'll see how many times they let Clayton Toon start. But if you're building a championship team, you got to know that every player has to fit just right. And the same thing comes with your vehicle, right? Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts, accessories, 
Head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure that every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know that the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop at eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win if the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay Motors Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. So here's the thing. Alex Clancy, Locked On Cardinals. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. Parker Ainsworth, Locked On Cougs. Follow him at P. Ainsworth 512 on Twitter. Free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube, both for Houston Cougars fans and for Arizona Cardinals fans alike. Very rarely would the host of Locked On Cougs and Locked On Cardinals be having, you know, me mugging it together on a podcast for a couple segments, <laughs> but Clayton Toon brings us together and I refuse. And this is one thing that I will not do. I will not do a play on his last name ever. ever. <laughs> it's just like, there's not a not tune one, up or a tune out. No, no, it's, it's, you know what, you know, the, the, the lazy folk can have that the college you can have like that's It's different. Okay. This is a professional establishment here on the lockdown podcast network. Okay. I don't need a tune up when I'm talking about Clayton too. Um, but so here's so the interesting part about this, and I will mention what I tweeted yesterday as an exercise. This is, was an exercise at what if, because people are so boxed into this is exactly what's going to happen in the future. We have no idea what the hell is going to happen. So say Kyler Murray's out for seven weeks. Hypothetically speaking, you know, rehabbing his ACL, and that's pretty much on schedule week six, week seven. And Clayton Toon comes out, and the Cardinals go four and two. They don't have the toughest schedule early on. They play Washington, they play the Giants. Like they play a couple teams in winnable games in normal circumstances if it weren't for the Cardinals completely bottoming out and kind of rebuilding. If Clayton Toon becomes a quarterback one, okay, if the Cardinals could get eight plus first round picks for the two picks they have next year and Kyler Murray. So it's like the wildest what if scenario, but that's just that's just wild to think about. Now, with Clayton Toon in camp. He's been poised. It's like he's been there. And I say a lot that with rookies, they either show out right away and it continues or it takes a little while because they're rookies. The game has to slow down, especially with quarterbacks, and then they mature and get better or it just never happens. But if you can see that pop early on, especially from a quarterback, it just makes your brain start to percolate a little bit. So do you have – any reservations about him? Do you have any questions for me about what you think that he could look like in this offense? I give you the stage. Well, I, I think it's interesting hypothetical. And I also think it's a particularly, like I was excited. My post draft show on the Houston Cougars was about how I was excited about a couple landing spots and Clayton was at the top of the list um, because he might get a chance to really play. And I don't know if that's long-term with Arizona or if he plays for six weeks and someone else wants him. Right. Um, mm. But I guess my question would be for you in looking at this depth chart. Um, I was making the argument back in April when the draft happened, I guess, or April, early May, that Clayton Toon was competing with Colt McCoy for the starting job for those first few weeks. And it sounds, and first of all, we've got Kyler Murray is a, D, a Texas high school football legend. Uh, Colt McCoy is still at the small school level. He played at like the all time leading passer at that level of high school football. And then Clayton Toon is a DFW guy himself. Like you got three high school football products from the state of Texas as mm -hmm. well. So I, I guess I should probably be like ha happy about them all getting jobs, but you, you were seen to already got Clayton Toon ahead of McCoy. And obviously I like Clayton Toon a lot. I'm not, so I'm, I'm on board with that, but what's got you, what's got this hypothetical role in for you? 
so this is how I framed it. I because it, it's it's a good question. Um, I don't know if he should he start. Yes, will he? I don't know because it's like you, you've got to sell it to a team of professionals. Like if he's not ready, like here's the thing: I, Zach Wilson started. I could have done a better job than Zach Wilson during the first handful of games with him as a rookie. Okay, even take away the four interception game against New England where they it was just not fair with Bill Belichick. He wasn't ready. Okay, so that's the floor. He's a fifth round quarterback. So should he? Yes. Will he? I don't know yet. But to answer your question specifically, it's a best case scenario and worst case scenario regardless. And let me explain. So best case scenario, he starts and they go, you know, four and two and Kyler Murray comes back. You may have a quarterback controversy. Best case scenario, they go 0 and 6 and they're going to have a top five pick and then Kyler Murray comes back. Worst case scenario, he comes in. They start four and two. They have a terrible draft pick. Worst case scenario comes in, they go 0-5, and Clayton Toon may not be on the roster in two years. So regardless of what happens, you can look at it from both ends because you're going to be playing that tug-of-war of is a first-round draft pick high next year more important or is winning games right now and really starting to build something more important. So that's kind of where that's kind of where it's at. And Colt McCoy's floor is higher, but his ceiling is severely lower because we know who Colt McCoy is. And he's 36, and it's not nearly as fun to sell to a fan base, Colt McCoy again, coming out with a bunch of rookies in, in a season that's seemingly lost to build for the future. Interestingly, and, and I you know, also would point out that like as a Houston sports guy, all our teams, except for the Astros, I guess, seem to be building towards the future as well. So I, I kind of get get where you're headed with that. Um, I feel like there are a lot more similarities between what Colt, what uh, what Clayton Toon does with what Kyler Murray does. I kept wanting to say Case Keenum. Um, what Clayton Toon does with what Kyler Murray does as far as like the way they play. They're both mobile. Kyler's probably a little quicker, but I, I think that Clayton can boom better than people realize. Um, what do you think about Clayton's game pairs him well in the same offense as Kyler? Because Kyler has played in the uh, Cliff Kingsbury system for the last few years, and wow. Yep. The, you know, Dana Holgerson and Cliff are very close. Um, I don't think their offense are exactly the same, but they're close and, and similar enough. They're both leech guys. Um, so what do you see as a comparison between the two there? There is so much uncertainty pertaining to what this offense is going to look like because it's all so new. It's not uncertainty. There's what Clayton Toon does waking up in the morning that Kyler Murray can't do is have four or five inches on him, you know, and that, that's something that that differentiates a lot. Like Kyler Murray has gotten better at sitting in the pocket and waiting. He doesn't want to run anymore. Okay. So mobility should be an option and not a focal point. And when the Cardinals offensive line gets better as it has with them drafting Paris Johnson jr. And, and solidifying that offensive line, it'll just, it'll change things a little bit. Now having mobility is you just group quarterbacks in with that. And there's just different tiers. Like the Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers mobility, where it's like it's there as a weapon. It's never used unless they rip 30 yards on, on a third and 15 because you don't have a spy on the quarterback. Like with the Cardinals going into 2023, Clayton Toon will be the practice squad quarterback for this offense until Kyler Murray comes back, where you're going to be able to see what it looks like with a quarterback like Kyler Murray. That's what it's going to be. And then we're going to see – how Kyler can react to that. Does that make sense? Like the the loose blueprint of what this offense could look like with Kyler Murray will be in the hands of Clayton Toon if he plays early on. With Ky- with Cole McCoy, you're not going to find out at all. So you're right. I mean, the beautiful thing about this is 
the skill set is similar, but it's close enough to where you're going to see what Kyler Murray can expound upon that, that Clayton Toon kind of led the way with. If he does get if he does get the snaps, and I think that's another reason why Cole McCoy should be holding the clipboard at least early on, unless he's just so far out of his out of his head, you know, initially at the NFL level that the Cole McCoy's got to play. Well, and just from a mature, always the game is so much faster. But as a mature, from a maturity standpoint, I don't think Clayton's going to be out over skis or anything like that. Um, what? So you mentioned they drafted a lineman. What? Say Clayton Toon gets the call for, hey, you know, put your helmet on for game one, right? Week one. Um, what kinds of guys are, are around him to help help him transition? I mean, transitioning the NFL as a rookie quarterback as a starter, even if you know it's temporary going in because Kyler's coming back is a lot like what's around him in the offense. Well, if you look at the skill position players for the Cardinals, save the offensive line and Kyler Murray being out, even with DeAndre Hopkins gone, they're probably 18th, 17th, 18th, 19th in talent. I mean, you've got James Conner, who's going to be his best friend. You've got Zach Ertz when he comes back. You've got Trey McBride, who are going to be, you know, safety blankets. You've got Hollywood Brown, Rondell Moore, Greg Dortch, like Michael Wilson has played really well in camp. The, their third round pick out of out of um, out of Stanford, a wide receiver. Like the skill position players are like the least of the worries for the Cardinals right now on offense. So if Clayton Toon comes in, he's going to have options. And to answer like. In totality for the Cardinals in 2023, and this I've wrapped my head around this, and I know it's difficult for others who don't talk about this team as much as I do, is this is going to be like a work in progress collectively where all the coaches have never been in the position that they're in now. Like most of them. You know, offensive – like Drew Petzig was quarterback's coach in Cleveland. He's never been an offensive coordinator. Jonathan Gannon's never been a head coach. Nick Rallis has never been a defensive coordinator. Like this is all going to be kind of – a the metric that's going to be gauged for 2023 is growth and building a culture and building a family. And when I asked you about the personality, if he has that personality and you plop it into this ecosystem now, he's going to be fine because it's going to be character guys. It's not like what happened with Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Kime was there was never a hard reset and Cliff Kingsbury never deserved to be a head coach to begin with. So when you're, when you, when you're back on your heels, the culture and ecosystem and, and family, things like that kind of go away because it's not, it's, there's so much pressure on winning and making things happen that that stuff kind of gets lost. So that's why this hard reset is so important. And with him coming in, it's going to be common gentle waters for him regardless, because people are going to know if he's starting week one, they're building towards something bigger. And it's not necessarily just a win loss record in 2023. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's just it's it, it is an interesting reset of, of the franchise, as you mentioned. And so I, that's like, you know, mentioned DeAndre Hopkins leaving. Like, I, I'm trying to come up with names because Zach Ertz is heard. And, you know, James, we're talking about devaluing running backs all summer. So how much longer is James Conner? Like, like I'm, right. I'm, I'm trying to put it together. So I just I'm trying to figure out who's going to be playing with Clayton in this hypothetical scenario that I think we both seem to want. Yeah. Yeah, and you know it's going to be Hollywood Brown. Rondo Moore, when he's healthy, showed flashes last year. I mean, he was a fantasy football darling for a handful of weeks last year. Greg Dortch is a name that nobody knows that they will know this year if he gets the reps. I don't know what happened in the offense last year. Whenever he got the opportunity, he played. James Conner has really solidified himself when healthy as a B, B-plus back in the league. Um, we're hoping that you know we'll be able to see Keontae Ingram running back out of USC um, coming in and getting some more snaps, but like – the big picture here that I've just, you know, settled with and understand is 
two off seasons, two drafts. And that's where we are. So we're kind of this season is kind of the hurdle you have to get over to get to the next off season and the next draft to really solidify this team for the future. So with Clayton Toon coming in, I mean, I think that there's no better team in the NFL for him to start for because the expectations are rebuilding and culture and infrastructure and family and things like that. Think of it like this picture the Detroit lions before Dan Campbell. And now that's what I think the Cardinals should be modeling themselves after screw the win loss record in 2023, change everything. The lions have a wait list for season tickets. That's never happened. That's two years. And it's Jared Goff. That's what the Cardinals need to focus on. And I think starting this season with the guys level-headed who has had as many reps as he has, as Clayton Toon had in college, I think it could be a lot worse throwing a rookie quarterback out there and just kind of seeing where things go. Alex Clancy locked on Cardinals. Parker Ainsworth locked on Cougs. We did two full segments on a fifth-round quarterback who could potentially start for the Arizona Cardinals, and it was fun as hell. Coming up next, I'm going to react to what uh, the great Parker Ainsworth talked about with Clayton Toon. And I mean, I'm just kind of giddy right now, and I'm going to get even giddier as we roll into Locked on Cardinals. All right. So that's Big 12 talk. That's Clayton Toon talk. Thank you so much to Alex for coming on. It was great to talk about Clayton with somebody else as excited about his NFL career as we are here in Houston. Hope you guys enjoyed it as well. Make sure you tell us in the comments what you thought or what you think of Clayton Toon and his NFL career. Thank you all so, so much for tuning in to Locked on Cougs today. Locked on Cougs is the primary Locked on Podcast Network. That means your team every day. Go Cougs.